<laughs> okay, Kimberly Shipley with Keller Williams South Valley believes you don't need a computer to find your dream house. You need a professional partner who has your best interest at heart. That is the truth. It is. Stephanie. So Kim loves to travel with, with her four kids and four grandkids, and they often stay in Airbnbs, which has given her a goal to purchase one Airbnb a year. And Kim's real estate journey started over 25 years ago with her interior design business. So Kim, tell us what, like, tell us about this interior design business and sort of how you transitioned to real estate. I opened my first store when I was 23. You know, when you're young enough and you think you can do anything and, you know, <laughs> you don't know how life goes. I opened, The world is at your feet when you're that true, age. It's true. It's true. And no one ever tells you you can't do it. So <laughs> just do it. I have ran, opened and ran three different stores, all starting with interior design. I lived in St. George with my third one called Design Theory. And that is when kind of everything in St. George was about building. Like our whole economy was building. And then building stopped. And we kind of, you know, everyone felt a little slow down. And that is when I pivoted a little bit to do more boutique kind of stuff, women's clothing, stuff like that. And when was that? What year? That was 2008. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. 2007, right? I was, I 2008. Guess that would have been, been a while. 2007, yeah. 2008. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Up until then, everything I had done had been interior design, decor, that kind of thing. At that point, I sold my last store. And I've just been managing retail and doing um, graphic design for quite a while. So how is that experience with helping clients? I'm sure that sometimes you have to like talk down angry clients. I mean, retail, like yeah. it just has. How has um, that helped you in real estate? Retail is uh, an angry business. <laughs> retail is rough. And especially in 2020. That year of COVID, when COVID hitting and I was managing and half your customers were angry because they had to wear masks, half were angry because other people weren't wearing masks. <laughs> we were sanitizing hands, everything in the store. It was just add that onto normal retail stuff. And I just really reassessed my life choices at that point. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not getting any younger. I might as well um, go and do whatever it is that I've wanted to do for so long. And I feel like you just kept surviving in life. I was a single parent for quite a while. And I really just wanted to thrive. So I wanted to do something that I wanted to do just because it's what I wanted to do. So that is when I made the decision to get licensed. And so when did you come Speak up from St. George to Salt Lake? Long time ago or is this not I too long ago? I went from St. George to Arizona, actually. Oh, after In that. 2011. Mm -hmm. And then... My oldest daughter got married, and I knew they were going to have, because they're like my very responsible, you know, get after it kids. They got married. I knew we would have, I'd have a grandkid. So that's when I moved back to Utah. So that was 2014. And then I met my husband, which I'm, who I'm married to now. And I never knew life could be so good. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you can be married and it can be amazing. I didn't know that. Boy, <laughs> that is it. so true. <laughs> it took a long time, but. I mean, you, you hear know, so I many negative stories about that, uh, you know, about marriage, because, of course, uh, marriage is like a roller coaster. But um, I've known plenty of people that have been in a bad marriage and then they got married to somebody else and they said similar things to what you just said, which is I never knew, I which never is knew. I never knew marriage could be so fun. It is. And it's so, so much fun. You just yeah. got to get the right person. It's true. 
That's true. So finding the right person is worth waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. And now you have these four grandbabies. And tell I us do. about this goal of you. When I talked to you on the phone, you talked about loving mm. Airbnbs. And that's sort of what you guys do to travel as a family. We do. Because there are so many of us. Um, my oldest daughter and my son-in-law that I was talking about, he is just finishing up medical school. So they've got that and their two kids. She just got her psychology degree. And then my uh -oh. other kids. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> my other, my second daughter, they have two little boys. And my 22-year-old is, you know, living her best life. <laughs> and then we have our youngest son at home who is 16. So to get all of us together at the same time, it's like a serious feat of the calendar. <laughs> So when we do, we don't want to be separated in hotel rooms or so we'll fly in somewhere. We'll rent the big, you know, 14 passenger van. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so much fun. Isn't that fun? And it is so much fun. And we'll just get an Airbnb. It's so much easier. It's um, We'll just play games, hang out, cook, whatever. Just we love that. And we have stayed in some pretty amazing places. And ever since we started doing that about four years ago, I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to just have places where families can gather because that time together is so important, I think. Yeah. So, oh, so important for especially these little kids growing up now. You know, one thing I noticed about uh, your talk, because Stephanie, where am I from? The East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've really noticed out here in Utah that's different from back East is that everybody seems to have a cabin or something like that that they've had in their family for generations, which is served as a kind of a, an Airbnb for, right. for a century. And it's created opportunities for families to get closer and mm -hmm. have a place that they can go, which gives them great memories. So I'm assuming that you're wanting to get into that to create yes. that kind of experience for families. That is what I want to do. Yeah. So what do what you is, love about real estate or helping people get these Airbnbs or getting them for yourself? Uh, so far, honestly, I love everything about real estate. I really do. Um, if there's something that is a challenge, it's just that. It's just a chance to figure out something. I love people. I was so lucky that my first... My first couple that I helped, they were so amazing. And I just, to this day, when I see them or I see their posts on social media, I, I just love them. <laughs> I, um, I just love helping families, honestly, making those relationships. Everybody has a goal of some kind. Everybody has a reason why they're, why they're selling, why they're buying. And I just love hearing their stories and helping them solve their problems. And it's tough right now. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Everyone has a struggle with, or they they think they can't find something. But we've been pretty successful. I've been pretty successful at it. So that's what I love. Well, Kimberly, I've only known you for just a few months. But I can tell you, Stephanie, Kimberly has that kind of nice feel. <laughs> you know how people have, the, we were talking a little bit about aura and people, how they just seem like just such nice people. That's what Kimberly is. If I was looking Thank for a real estate agent that I knew was going to be a nice person that was going to take care of me, Kimberly would be it. <laughs> Do you need a house? <laughs> Are you looking? Just well, kidding. I'm not, but you're on my list. Right. <laughs> Maybe that Airbnb first. Maybe that Airbnb. Right. You don't know. It is still a really good market for investments. 
really is. Scott, you should do Airbnb back east so you can go visit the water. That's true. Go back friends. to my go back to the beach and all that and do all yeah, that good stuff back true. there, back east. Do you have a favorite uh story about a client that you've helped? You mentioned one client. Uh is there anybody that stands um, out in particular that an experience you had that you liked? The one client that I helped that was so much fun. I did not see myself I saw myself helping families. And, you know, I live in Lehigh, so around the point, family homes. But I had a client that was looking for a historical home in the avenues. Mm-hmm. And he wanted a multifamily, some, a property he could do a multifamily in. And um, just a single guy. And he was so much fun. We looked at a lot of old properties, which I love anything old, vintage. So that was really fun. That was kind of like, I thought, I didn't know that I would like this so much. <laughs> <laughs> we looked at a lot of fun houses. And so was he able to find that multifamily? We there. did. We found exactly what he wanted. In okay. fact, the one he landed on, I was kind of surprised at. And I have learned a lot about what you assume people want or what people assume they want, as opposed to when they finally find the one they really want. It is a lot of times not what you think. Not what I think. I've learned to just yeah. take my own self out of it and just really focus on their reactions to things it's very interesting. well interesting that the house that my wife and i ended up purchasing the street name when i told my wife we were going to see, go see a house that had a i'm not going to name the street because then people be all, all over my neighborhood <laughs> searching me it out it's like called hottie way yeah. or something <laughs> anyway the name of the street was she didn't like it at all she says i'm never living on a street name is that. it called a utah way <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> but anyway, here we are, you know, and so I convinced her to go. And and then we end up buying the house. So the point is sometimes people have a preconceived idea and then they, they have their mind closed to different things. But when you're able to yeah. kind of show them like you did with this client, they end up finding things that wow, you know, maybe yeah. I I maybe there's something out there that I didn't know about. And it was nice because it was a, easy to show him the potential that that house had. Because we had seen so many other homes that had been renovated and were just, you know, absolutely stunning and gorgeous. And the one he picked wasn't. It still needed to be worked on. But he was able to see what it could be. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Well, and especially to get a multifamily, like... In that area, how Mm -hmm. fun to find renters and stuff that it's you can just walk down the... And be right downtown. And, you know, he is young. If I had been that smart and that aware of what I am now at that age, I just think my life would be completely different. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really smart for these, um, you know, 20-somethings to to make those good decisions with real estate instead of being afraid of it. Do you have any personal hobbies or things that you really like to do? Vintage, flea markets, flipping furniture. My husband and I, he he had never vintage, done anything like that at vintage all. Vintage flea market. Yeah, anything that's old. <laughs> so, yeah, finding old stuff and just refurbishing it. That's what we love to do. And you make friends when you go to enough of them. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, let's go visit everybody. So when there's markets in town, that's what we love to do. Or we'll go on trips just where there is like vintage markets or flea markets. 
So is that how you've so, decorated your house? It's a yes, lot of mine is. Oh, yeah. I love that. Everything is all with this background of interior design. Mm-hmm. Are you able to help your clients be like, oh, you can decorate this space or this odd little nook? You could do this. How are you yeah. able to help them sort of envision? Yeah, I, that has came in very helpful, and it, sometimes it surprises me when we do go look at homes, and someone is listing a home, and instead of trying to solve the problem when they have a spot in their house that doesn't work or that doesn't make sense. They kind of try to hide it, which actually makes it stick out. Mm-hmm. And I think if more people understood how to take those those problem areas and figure out how to make them a selling point, it would really make a huge difference because not everybody can see that. But I'm really good at seeing that. And I've had to take a lot of, um, you know, not so great houses or opportunities in life and figure out how to make them the best. So I think I'm really good at that. <laughs> Give us an example of what a problem area might be. And well, how you can- I had some clients and we were looking at homes. There was a home that it was listed as a four bedroom and they needed at least four. They were hoping for five. But when you got in there, there was one room in there that wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't actually a bedroom. It didn't have a closet. So instead of making a closet or figuring out how to add a closet into it, even with furniture, there's lots of things you can do. They had just shoved all their stuff that they packed up in there and kind of, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it was just had all the empty, empty boxes and stuff Uh sitting in there. So it was really hard for my clients to visualize that that really could be a bedroom. It just needed a little more imagination. So... Things like that, I think. Or when you have like awkward spaces in an entryway, there's always ways to work with those and to make them feel more like a a grand entrance into your house, even if it's really not very grand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I was never one who used an interior designer, but my wife used one in our house and I'm, I was really impressed, shocked actually that you can make a room look so much better by having uh, being able to use the space right or using putting up proper art and right. uh, arranging the furniture in the right way so that it takes mm-hmm. full advantage of the dimension of the room because sometimes some of the dimensions are kind of wacky. I you agree. know, walls are cut and I'm wondering, about who, who did this? Why? <laughs> and why? Um, but there are a lot of things that can be done. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's true. It's not just a sales job by interior designers. They really do know what they're doing. It is. And it always starts with first editing everything you have, taking out what we think we need because we're holding on to this furniture because we have it. But a lot of times if you take out what you know, edit out what you really don't need because we end up, we tend to put way too much in. Yeah. <laughs> and just minusing out can make a huge difference. Decluttering, cleaning it up, and then really working with what you have. Even if you don't have a big budget, there's ways you can change things around to make them work and flow better. Just getting a good flow in a house can make a huge difference. As you're talking about how some rooms just have too much and it feels so cluttered, keeping it clean, organized, having the furniture flow, not that it's like this furniture that you've 
been handed down or whatever, but getting rid of grandma's right. sofa. Or your own or, or your own stuff. Your From own my stuff. area, you know. In fact, I paid $1,000 to have furniture removed, and it was good stuff. I mean, good <laughs> cried. Yeah, I cried because it has all these memories, you know. And I think that's why you don't declutter. I think it's so, because too. you have a lot of memories tied into your furniture, into pictures, into those kinds of things. And you go, eh, I don't know if I like that clown, but, you know, my kid threw up on it, so I, you know. That clown? <laughs> That picture of the clown. <laughs> so, but, so, you know, you have these memories tied into these things, but they don't, there's no memories in those <laughs> four people buying, you know, right. looking at your yeah. house. So, yeah. So uh-huh. I think it's important when, when you're looking to sell it, that you give a realtor enough time to really look at the potential of your house and how much more can you make if you take the time to really go through and clean a few things up, work on your curb appeal, work on the flow of your furniture. It doesn't take a long time, but you know, a lot of times people wait until they want to list their house tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just think it's good if you really sit down and make a plan when you first start thinking about it and then you have something to work with because you can make five to 20% more off of selling your house if you do it with a lot of thought. Doesn't take a whole lot of money, but a lot of thought. I love that. A lot more thought. So what other advice would you give to homeowners that you wish that they they knew or that you wish you knew back in the day? A lot of people don't realize that you can get into a house without having, you know, 20% down. And while people started saving a year ago for that 20%, they could have bought and they would now have 30% in equity if that makes sense. So not only have they lost money because house prices have gone up 30% over the last year, they still think they have to keep saving and they could have actually been making money over this last year. So I think none of us want to go to anybody with a financial question or with a less than perfect Mm -hmm. credit or with our real situation. But the more you know people, the more you know everyone's in the same boat for the most part. We all are like that and we all have things So the sooner you take things to someone comes to me with enough time and I can connect them with a good lender and we can make a plan, they are so much more likely to actually have a house within six months than if they kind of think they're going to work on it on their own and they're going to just keep saving. Five years from now, they're probably still going to be in the same spot. (laughs) They're in, renting. That that house they wanted (laughs) to get to be 20% has now become 30%. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think not being afraid to reach out and ask questions and get somebody on your page. We're only here to help. I don't want to sell anything to anyone that isn't in their best interest. I really just want to help people because... If I help people, that helps me. You know, it's a, we all need each other. That's <laughs> the way it works. Yeah. And I heard a, a friend the other day that was like, oh, I'm just waiting until I can pay cash for a house. And I mean, I'm no expert, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just a podcast <laughs> producer. But in my head, I thought, okay, well, good luck with that, you know. Um, and I think that there are sometimes these notions that people have where they're like, well, I want some place on the east side in holiday with a mother-in-law apartment. And it's like... Well, good luck with that. Like, that <laughs> there's those. For, I want it for like 300000 You know, like, yeah. and I think that when you're able to be with experts, they're able to maybe sometimes 
say in a gently nice way, hey, these expectations that you have, like, let mm-hmm. me show you what's realistic and what's not as yeah. realistic. Well, you can find what you want, but you're going to have to give something somewhere. Yes. If you want a house on the east side for $300,000, you are going to get a serious a serious you're gonna have to really be able to think outside the box mm-hmm. and and maybe pay cash for that but then you're probably gonna have to take out some kind of loan to renovate it or put money into it to get it livable and what you actually want yeah and so i think that is good to, to like talk to an expert to go and have your team that will help you because you have your client's best interest at heart for first-time buyers a lot of them want for five hundred thousand what you got for five hundred thousand years ago that's a hard mind shift for everybody that I know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. thinking this is half a million dollars. I, you know, my mm-hmm. my friends bought their dream house for half a million dollars three years ago. But if they were to invest in that townhouse, sit on it, prices keep going up the way they are, they could put a huge chunk of cash down by switching that out two years from now and then buying their dream house. A property, it really is an asset, and it can make you a lot of money in this market. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, why is there a stigma? I feel like there's a stigma with condos and townhouses. And I, I have gone, so many of my friends, like, I'll have them come look at my condo and they're like, oh, I could live here. And Wait a minute. You live in a condo? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, I could do this. But I think that there's just like, even me, I don't want to live in a condo or townhouse. I wanted a single family, single family house. But like you said, like the expectation is what you got years ago. Right. And that is not as realistic for people now starting yeah. out. <laughs> so much less to take care of. Most of them have great community spots with parks and pools and um Yeah. You know, if you go out of town, they're taking care of your yard and shoveling the snow and it's really not a, they're they're really nice. I've seen some really, really amazing townhomes. I do think though that in Utah we are so spoiled. <laughs> We are so spoiled. Our communities are beautiful. And I've left a few places. Our communities are beautiful. Our views are beautiful. And I think we just get really spoiled here about what we want. Yeah. So I think that that's good advice, though, to anyone that's listening to come get your team. Let's work on this together and to not wait until you have the perfect credit. Right. But there's mm-hmm. stuff that can be done now. Absolutely. Anything else you want to cover in this? I went to the forecast for the Utah forecast breakfast. Was it last week or the week before? The week before, two weeks uh-huh. ago. I found that incredibly amazing what we are forecasted to do in our state, especially over the next, you know, 20 years, the growth, I don't see things slowing down a whole lot. I know everyone's worried right now. Why? I don't know why. I don't know why either. If you listen to all the experts and you track all the numbers, it's only going to go up, I think. Hopefully not as steeply, not as fast. We all want it to slow down. It's not good for any of us, but Utah has been undersold for so long that now we're just kind of catching up. We just have a massive growth right now. And I think it's a great time for people to really think about investing in it and what they're going to do with that in the future. That's what I think. Well, I would say this. Do you know, I don't know if you picked up on this, Stephanie. Maybe. What? So in the middle of Kimberly talking about some of these older homes, she used a term right here on the podcast. Stunning. Some of these Mm -hmm. stunning older homes, right? And that's why we have Kimberly on the 
podcast today because she is stunning, a stunning agent. <laughs> and if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Kimberly, in order to do business with you, how would they do that? Um, KimberlyShipley.com. Call and Kimberly text. is spelled L E E. So it's K I M B E R L E E. Bless my mom's heart. <laughs> Everybody spells it wrong. Yeah. And is there a phone number that they can call you at? Or 435-764-5249.